Welcome to another episode of Extraordinary Moments from an Ordinary Life. I'm just an ordinary human trying to soak in as much life as I can this side of heaven. I've had some interesting stories along the way, some fun, some serious and challenging, some unexpected, and some just plain crazy. But I'll have a lesson and I so believe that we need to learn from one another's stories. Thanks for listening, and I hope to hear and learn from your moments as well. Enjoy! There is a comic of a student sitting at the piano. Her teacher is sitting right next to her, but her teacher has her arms crossed, and she's kind of looking at the student with a questioning look on her face. While the student, sitting at the piano bench, she reaches down to her backpack and she pulls out her laptop She opens it up and and shows her teacher and she says, I've prepared this PowerPoint presentation to explain why I didn't have time to practice this week. (laughs) So you get it, right? She took a lot of time to create this PowerPoint when she should have been practicing. Okay, so you get it. I thought that was funny. I have heard a lot of excuses like that in my day for sure. But I love music. I love education. And it was kind of by weaving the two of these together that this episode was born. I was a performing arts educator in the public school system in Colorado for about 15 years. I also taught private piano instruction for well over 20 years. So gosh, that is a lot of years. And In that time, I have heard so many excuses for not practicing, for not getting an assignment done, and I have some of the best stories from my students. One of my favorites is this adorable little girl that I started teaching several years back. She uh, had an electronic keyboard that she played on at home rather than an acoustic piano, so she had never played on a real piano before. So she came to her very first lesson and she was so excited and she sat down at the piano bench for her very first piano lesson and she looked at this big baby grand piano that was sitting in front of her. I don't even think her feet came close to touching the floor. She was just this itty bitty thing and she started looking all around it. She paused for a minute and she just seemed really confused and she looked at me and she said, Mrs. Hearn, where's the on button? (laughs) I just love that. It it was so fun. And this is just one example of why I love teaching. Love it so much. Maybe I'll do a future episode on my students. I could call it stories from the bench or something like that. I have so many great memories with my students because I had so many great students to make memories with. Really, it's it's as simple as that. But that's actually not the purpose of this episode. In this episode, I am just hoping to share an audio version of what I jotted down on paper the morning that I awoke from this inspiring dream that I had about life and music. You may have heard this before. Music is life. That's why our hearts have beats. I love it. I think there are a lot of lessons in this life that are actually a perfect parallel to music. So I thought it'd be fun to just give this a try. I want to explore with you 
how music is related to life. So let's give this a try. I'm going to go ahead and head over to the piano. Come and join me. Some of you know the language of music, of sight reading, music theory, um, the meaning of, of musical terminology, but I know a lot of others don't. It can be really like a foreign language to so many if, if you haven't learned it. So for those of you who don't know this language of music, what I want to do is define a musical term and then play an example of that. And then we can talk about how I think that it relates to life, maybe some lessons that we can learn from each one. There is a quote that I love that says, the piano keys are black and white, but they sound like a million colors in your mind. I'm hoping that this episode will inspire you to think about ways in which music, or any art form really for that matter, speaks to us of life and creates those million colors in our minds. Let's start out with this one, fortissimo. This is a term in music that means very loud. Pianissimo is a musical term meaning very soft. Here is an example of fortissimo. This is from Chopin's Prelude in C minor. Is pianissimo. This is Beethoven's Sonata in C minor, also in C minor. Guess I'm kind of like in C minor today. Okay, here's Beethoven. of Beethoven, do you happen to know what his favorite fruit was? I actually didn't know either until I had a student tell me. He came to his lesson and before even sitting down, he excitedly said to me, Mrs. Hearn, what is Beethoven's favorite fruit? Do you know? Do you know? And I said, well, no, I don't know, but I want to know. You have to tell me. So he smiled and he said, banana na. <laughs> I love that joke. Oh my gosh. I'm so easily amused, obviously. I actually think that maybe I should have been a dad instead of a mom because I would have had the best dad jokes in the whole neighborhood. I'm sure of it. Okay. Anyway, 
So are you wondering how, how musical terms even relate to life? You're probably thinking, what is she doing in this episode? Well, let me try to explain. So you heard examples of the styles of songs that lend themselves to both loud and soft musical markings that I played. And I feel like this is a good reminder to us that sometimes we, we need to speak up to be heard and fight for what's right, like fortissimo. Other times I feel like we need to hold our tongues and be quiet and just listen. And there's probably a time and a place for both. And, but I, I really think, though, that each one holds power in its own way. Have you heard the saying, stand up for work, for what is right, even if you're standing alone? Sometimes I think that means being really loud and standing up to fight against injustice or whatever, whatever it is that you need to give a voice to. Other times, I think that we can just be just as effective in standing up for what's right in a softer, gentler way, like pianissimo. Okay, moving on. There are often repeat signs in music. It saves on the printing, I think, to not have to write the same thing twice. You just put that little sign in there and it tells you where to go back and start all over again. It's actually really pretty handy. We all need the chance to start over, to go back, to try again. There's no shame in that. <laughs> no, there's not. So let's just give it another go. The sustain pedal was an amazing invention. I remember one time performing on a piano with a broken pedal, and it was so painful. Learning how to use the pedal correctly is actually a really difficult skill. It's kind of like learning to use a clutch in a stick shift car, maybe. Uh, it's tricky. But there are ways to somewhat simulate it. It's effect using your hands, but nothing compares to the real thing. So I'm going to play you uh, a piece by Debussy called Reverie. And the, I'm going to first play it without the pedal. And the second time I will play it with the sustained pedal so you can hear the difference. So this is without. without this is adding this this amazing thing called the sustain pedal difference. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. So let's add the sustain pedal into our lives. Let's smooth things over. If there's conflict around you, uh, yeah, try to get rid of that. Conflict is so tiring. We need peace to sustain us. 
another difficult and really technical skill to teach and to learn in piano is how to bring out a melody within one of your hands. Uh, melody is defined as a series of notes played in an order that is memorable and recognizable as a separate unit. So to bring the melody out, you have to press harder on the keys with certain fingers, not the whole hand. Uh, the, other, the other notes, uh, how do I explain this? The other notes that are played with the other finger, fingers on the same hand need to be softer. I'm not explaining this very well. But does that kind of make sense? So it can be tricky. See if you can hear the melody in this little excerpt. So what I'm doing here is I'm going to try to bring out the melody with the pinky only of my right hand. Sounds like this. So it's the important part. It's the part that's significant that needs to be focused on. What part of your life needs that special attention? Hmm. It's a good question. There's something you can do when you play the piano where you roll a chord. I think the official term might be arpeggiating a chord. I am not actually 100% sure of a specific official term for it, but it's basically where you play the notes to sound like a guitar being strummed, kind of like a harp-like effect on the piano. Sounds like this. fun to do that. Uh, and there are times in life when we do just have to roll with the punches. Are we rolling along okay? Or are we too stressed to move like that in kind of that light, relaxed, rolling along manner across the keys? We have a lot of stress in our lives right now. So let's try to just ease up a bit and roll along with the punches. Time signatures. So a time signature specifies how many beats are in a measure and which note value is equivalent to one beat. For instance, waltzes are in 3-4 time. So that just means that there are three beats or pulses in each measure, and then that four underneath um, tells you that a quarter note gets one beat. So this is an example of that. So try to listen for the three beats. So it would be one, two, three, one, two. So did you hear those three beats? Okay, so this one is called cut time. And so cut time means that there will be two beats that you're hearing. Thank you. 
And in 6-8 time, you'll hear 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6. different time signatures in music and a lot of different humans on this planet. We are all unique. We all walk this life at different paces and in different ways. Those beats, they may change and ebb and flow, but they all have their purpose and time. What is your signature? Hmm, something maybe to think about. It also makes me think about time in general. We always think we have time. I can do it tomorrow, maybe later. No, not now. But as we all know, that that's not always the case. Okay, moving on to fermata. Fermata is a term used for a pause of unspecified length on a note or on a rest. Um, by the way, if you didn't know, the term hakuna fermata means to keep playing for the rest of your days. <laughs> I just thought I'd throw that in. I also actually recently saw a onesie for a baby that had a fermata symbol on it. And it just said, hold me. Isn't that so cute? Okay, here's an example of this. Fermata, meaning to hold. This is from uh, a song called Passing Time. So on all those fermatas, I could just hold them for as long as I wanted. Totally up to me how long I want to hold them. So um, thinking about what this is, what we can learn from this in life, I think it's just hold up, hold on. Take as much time as you need. Let's, let's just stop for a bit and be still. Let's feel, let's smell, taste, listen, know soak in this life that we've been given. Let's just breathe. Gosh, sometimes I just think we need to take a moment before we move on again. We've got this. We've got this. Rests. A rest is simply an absence of sound. The kind of rest that you see in music indicates how long that silence should last. There is a great quote by Leopold Stokowski that says, A painter paints pictures on canvas, but musicians paint their pictures on silence. So this is a little bit um, of a song called Courtship. That is a, uh, it's a good example, I think, of a song that has a lot of rests in it. 
So lots of rest in there. Um, resting is vital. It's a vital part of not just some of the piece, but throughout the whole composition. Resting consistently enriches the music. And it, it's the same for us in our own lives, I think. So are you resting? Are you taking time to just be silent? I feel like there's so much around us that it's just noise and chaos. So let's just block it out for a while. We need some quiet. We can do this. See, you just did it. That wasn't so hard. In music, they are called accidentals. Uh, that just means that it's a note or a pitch that isn't a member of the scale or the mode that's indicated in the key signature. So it, it doesn't really fit in um, to that, that key signature that's at the beginning of the piece. It's usually a sharp, it's a flat, a natural sign. Uh, my mom used to tell me this pun using the B tone in music. She would say, never be sharp, never be flat, always be natural. Isn't she just so cute? I just love her. Anyway, here's an example of a piece using some accidentals. This is uh, Twilight Zone. So you can hear that in there that they don't, they don't fit. It's, it's just kind of like, ah, oh, what's going on here? So what do you think? Is anything in life really accidental? What is your belief about that? I believe that it's all carefully orchestrated by the composer, just like in a piece of music, and that we can choose how we want to play it out. So in music, we say 8VA, but it's actually the official term for that is called ottava, which is the Italian word for octave. And all that, all that means is that it's eight notes. So when you see an 8VA, in music, it means to just play it eight notes higher than where it's written on the staff. So uh, actually, sometimes musical markings will tell you to go even 16 or 32 notes higher. So here's an example of this. Have a listen. This is, uh, this is just eight notes higher than what's written. So you could hear there at the beginning um, in those first two measures that it, that it was higher. Uh, and that just makes me think of just that. Let's go higher. Let's get a different view. Let's get a different perspective on things for a bit. One of my favorite places here in Colorado is Loveland Pass. It's right on the Continental Divide. Some of you have, have probably been there, I'm sure, but it's amazing. You walk a ways out to the top of this mountain and you look over the edge and you can see all of Breckenridge. You can see four miles. It's incredible. And sometimes I like to just go up there and get a change in my perspective. It's, it's, uh, yeah, I love it. So find a place like that for yourself, but let's go higher. Let's see if we can just get a different view for a little bit. A grace note. I bet you can guess where I'm going to go with this one, huh? You are right. It's just a little bit too obvious, isn't it? 
The grace note is an extra note that's added as an ornamental embellishment. Are we embellishing one another with grace? quick little pickup note before the main note. So let's have some grace with one another. Can we? Let's focus on picking one another up along the way, just like those quick little pickup notes before the main notes. There are all kinds of notes in music with different values assigned to each one. Some are held for four beats, others for one and a half, others for three, uh, even a quarter or an eighth of a beat. The quicker ones are called 16th notes. I love 16th notes. Uh, I used to just love songs like this growing up. My mom would just roll her eyes at me because I loved to play everything too fast. So this is an example of 16th notes uh, in a piece called Solfeggio. This is from uh, Carl Philip Emanuel Bach. <laughs> Let's run the race before us. Let's go for it. Let's push ourselves. We can do it. Sometimes we just simply have to run, maybe to something, maybe away from something, but let's just move. As a side note, I do love playing fast songs on the piano, but I actually hate real running. I can't stand it. And for you runners out there, I'm so sorry. I just don't understand you at all. If you ever see me running, call the police because I'm probably being chased. Okay, so we talked about 16th notes earlier. Now let's talk quarter notes. So much of music really is just simple math, and that is the kind of math that I can do. So listen to these quarter notes from Mozart. stock. Let's just make sure that we're steady. Glissando is a term that literally means to slide. Now, if you listened to my first podcast and heard my slide story, yeah, remember that? Well, it's not like that, thankfully. <laughs> okay, here's an example. This is the Pink Panther. So listen for the glissando at the very end. sure you did. So sometimes we fall. We all do. It's part of this crazy life. 
But the question is, will we get up again? Will we learn from it? Are we going to scrape the dirt off our knees and keep going, knowing that we can do it differently next time? It's okay. It's okay to fall. It's part of the music. We can get up again in the next measure. Have you ever heard the term tremolo? It basically creates the sensation of motion. It's like when a violinist rapidly moves their bow back and forth on the string. It's like this. Okay, folks, so let's get moving. Let's turn the volume up a bit. It kind of makes me want to dance. Maybe, like, do the floss. How many of you know the floss? Oh, I have the best memory of the day that my high school students taught me how to do that years ago. Too bad, actually, that this is only an audio podcast, because I so would right now do the floss for you, if I could. If it was a video, because I have no shame, and that would be fun. So go dance. Tremolo. Let's get moving. All right, let's move on to staccato. So for my New Mexican friends, it's not stucco, it's staccato, which means detached, disconnected notes. Here's an example from a song that I'm sure you know. It's a blink. It's a wisp. Like it, it just goes, it just goes by so fast. So much of life passes us by without us even noticing. And how about us also? This makes me think, are, are we detached? Are we disconnected? Do we need to do the opposite of a staccato and reconnect again in some way? Something to think about. So we've already talked about a few different kinds of time signatures in music, but there's one that's called common time. And it's similar to 4-4 time. It has four beats in a measure. Um, so listen to this. This is uh, a song that I'm sure you'll probably recognize by Pachelbel. Common time. We have a lot in common as humans. Let's spend some time focusing on our commonality as humans rather than uh, arguing over our differences. There's a lot that we have in common that sometimes I just feel like we need to focus a little bit more on that than our differences. So did you see the movie with Hugh Jackman in it, um, The Greatest Showman? Really good movie. I have a crush on Hugh. I am just going to publicly admit that on this podcast. My husband knows all about it, so it's all good. Uh, but yeah, I, I really, really like him a lot. <laughs> all right, so there's a song in The Greatest Showman called This Is Me. 
And most likely, if you have heard about that, that show, you've heard this song because it's an amazing piece. Uh, but that song starts out with a series of chords. And a chord is just basically three or more single pitches that are heard simultaneously, that are heard all together. So that that's, this is what I'm talking about here. So those were chords there at the beginning. And it makes me think, um, just kind of, it just makes me think that life is better with harmony. I think we need to look for it. We need to live with harmony. We need to um, just remember that we're better together. Let's take our differences and combine them to create something that's greater than just one of us alone. Accent. Now, anyone who knows me well knows I love accents. That is part of the reason why I married my wonderful British husband. I mean, he's all around wonderful. And so really the accent was just an added bonus, but I love it. I love his accent. Anyway, that's not what we're talking about here. An accent in music is an emphasis or stronger attack placed on a particular note. So see if you can hear the accents in these measures from Linus and Lucy. Ah, oh, those moments in life that we need to accent, that we need to... Um, cherish, to look back on and hold tight to. What are some of yours? All right, here's one that doesn't even have a specific musical term that I'm aware of anyway, but it just kind of makes me smile when it happens. It's when the composer surprises us with something in the music. There's a song called The Typewriter that I think is a good example of this. <laughs> kind of fun. But it's a reminder to us, I think, that there are going to be surprises in life, of course, both good and bad. And are we ready for those? Are we ready for the unexpected? Can we enjoy them as they come our way? Are we going to notice them in such a way that they aren't missed? Are we going to be thrown off by those unexpected moments? Um, or can we learn from them? And can we be better because of them? The term retardando means a gradual slowing down. The end of the theme from Somewhere in Time is a great example of this, I think. My husband actually, just throwing this in, based his proposal to me on this movie. And the song has a lot of meaning for us in our marriage. It is so good. If you haven't seen this movie, go watch it. Um, the soundtrack from the movie is just beautiful. So anyway, here is the ending to that great piece of music, Somewhere in Time. Thank you. 
Feels good to slow down sometimes, doesn't it? Let's not rush past the tender parts of life and miss out. The Italian term fine marks the end of a composition or movement. It indicates that it is all over. It's finished. It's done. I love the ending to this piece by Debussy. It's called First Arabesque. It's actually within my probably top three favorite pieces to play of all time. Anyway, this is the end of First Arabesque. Lives will come to an end, as you all know. There's a great quote from J.S. Bach. It says, The aim and final end of all music should be none other than the glory of God and the refreshment of the soul. I love that quote so much. When it's looked back on, some might ask, was it a kind, beautiful, thoughtful, giving composition? Was it hurried? Maybe was it unique or memorable? Personally, I repeatedly want to ask myself, am I soaking in all of those details of this amazing music called life along the way? Hmm. Am I finding the extraordinary in the ordinary of it all? Well, folks, that is it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you're enjoying this podcast, please be sure to drop five stars down there in the ratings and reviews section. Also, feel free to pass this on to any others who you think might enjoy it. You can listen wherever you find your audio, including Anchor, Spotify, Google and Apple Podcasts. I would also love to hear your comments and your own stories from your journey. And those can be sent to lifemoments at mail.com. So please drop me a note and feel free to subscribe and join me again for my upcoming episodes. Again, that email, lifemoments at mail.com. Thanks again for listening. And don't forget to always be on the lookout for the extraordinary in the ordinary of your own life. I hope you'll join me again next time.